Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book artist, writer, and fantastically fun person, Tom Curry, about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, I just wanted to let you know that the second of three instalments of Milford Green by myself and Michael Hankinen has just been published in the UK-based magazine Comic Scene. So, if you haven't read Milford Green before, feel free to check it out by picking up a copy of Comic Scene, either at your local WH Smith or by buying online at getmycomics.com forward slash comic scene, where you can also get all of the back issues of Comic Scene magazine, including last month's issue, which had the first instalment of Milford Green. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Tom Curry. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you, man. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, the, the, the weather has been okay here today, but a little bit muggy. Yeah, do you not same here, actually? Cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, it's all been good, it's all been good. Did you have a good Monday? Yeah, um, pretty standard, just catching up on work emails and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, just trying to do my, my bit to my uh, comic creations in between, kind of giving, giving <laughs> feedback on pages across Twitter and WhatsApp and, and stuff like that. What about yourself? Oh, um, do you know what? Same sort of thing in terms of emails and just trying to like every... Every few minutes I can, just to see the way some time to make some comics. It's, uh, it's a godsend, frankly. But yeah, no, it's uh, just trying to juggle it all, you know? Oh, straight up. It's uh, yeah. spinning so many plates. I, th- I think it's probably better be described as spinning plates and juggling at the same time. <laughs> probably, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Crazy. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know why we do this ourselves. It's horrible, really. It is. It's quite, um, you know... It's, it's tough, but I, I kind of I, I like the challenge. But I guess kind of as creative people, we've just got something inside of us that makes us put ourselves through so much, uh, so many trials. I guess. I, I was in a I was in a meeting today, and I was thinking about a page I just finished, and yeah. I was like, do you know what? I could probably do that better. And I kind of went back at lunch, and I was like, yeah, I probably could do. It. And I was all just there, re- not restarting the whole thing, but just. Is enough that I was like, I just got to do that. I can't, I'm not going to be right, happy with this unless I do it right. So, but yeah. Fair play, yeah, mate. Yeah. Fair play. That's, uh, that's awesome, though, you know, because you've got that inside you that, you know, you want to be yeah. the very best that you can. The best around. <laughs> <laughs> that song always comes uh. up in my head when that type of thing comes up. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It must be because of the fact that I was, you know, a very, um, I was a kid, you know, I don't know, what, eight, ten or something when Karate Kid was out. And uh, yeah, just <laughs> that's it's stuck with me. Age. It's formative of age, you know, <laughs> isn't it? That's the one. That's yeah, the one. No. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse today. Um, it's, a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, from from what I can tell from Twitter, um, because this is our first kind of um, audio interaction, really, um, that you've you've pretty much listened um, from the beginning. Um, and you were actually uh, one of the people that suggested uh, that we started the Reddit thread. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm taking on the role of comic for the Apocalypse Historian. Um, you know, <laughs> I just no one asked me to do it. And uh, I just felt like it really need, you know, <laughs> it needed recording properly. And Reddit was clearly the best place to do that. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that suggestion. <laughs> 
Excellent. And then um, for anybody that doesn't know you in the world of comics, what do you do in the world of comics? Oh, God, I, I am trying. And I, I've kind of I hit, a peak, I hit a point today where I managed to crack it of trying to combine pixel art and comics. Um, so I've got a actually using we talked a few weeks ago on Twitter about you, how you script out comics yeah. and I kind of had this story being kind of working on how I can get it out and I found a way to do that recently and I'm trying to basically use pixel art as a medium to yeah to as a way to as a different way of doing comics uh, because yeah it's interesting I think it's a there's a there was a video on um, the Avengers Endgame uh, the Endgame uh, battle scene animated yeah and it was just I thought in, in like an eight-bit style, and I was like, "Hold on, there's so much information there you can get across." Yeah. And you think about the old classic Sega games and the cutscenes where they had like just so much information with so few pixels, effectively. And I was like, "Surely this can work for comics as well." And I kind of had the idea from John Tucker, where no one can stop you making a bad comic. Yeah, sure. Man. So that's what that's what I'm trying to do. I'm I don't trying think to. Think it's going to be bad. Well, I, I, yeah, just hold your horses. Yeah, let's not get. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. So I have. Um, that's cool. So yeah, I'm in the progress of making a pixel art comic. It's not about pixel art; it's about something else. But it's using that as a medium. So yeah, amazing. And then do you have an ETA for that? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, just go uh, with the I flow. think. Go with the, go with the flow. flow. I think. <laughs> I think the idea is um, I'd like to do as a web comic, releasing it weekly. So I'm trying to get up like a backlog, and also get an idea of like how much. For example, can I produce a page in a week? Yeah. And if that's, that's cool. and then it's just trying to get an idea of how you know. I'm looking at someone like what Dan does with Vanguard and seeing how much of a batch I need to get together. And yeah. yeah, so at the moment, it's still really early days, but it's coming on and it's actually working, which is lovely. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm looking forward yeah. to that coming out. Oh. Excellent. And then, Thank you. So where, where, where can people find you on uh, the interwebs? So uh, if you look around the bins at Gala Bingo, I am... <laughs> hanging out there. I'm yeah. hanging out there because... Uh, <laughs> no, you can find me online at, um, at this chocolate on Twitter. And it's probably the best place to find me, and you'll get all the hottest updates and later Spider Solitaire tips. Amazing. That's great. <laughs> Fantastic, Tom. Um, well, um, moving on from that, unfortunately, I do have some bad news for you. Oh, um, God. And that is that there's actually been a super intelligent ape uprising today. Um, it hasn't really kind of been broken on the news yet, but I've just had some breaking news come in. Um, kind of on the on the Huffington Post is the fastest one that I can think of <laughs> that, that would get that type of breaking news oh, before, God, okay. before uh, the the other ones. Um, but yeah, there's been a super intelligent ape uprising. Um, and my first question for you is, what is your action plan for survival? It's lucky this happened because I have this ready to go. As I look to my left, I smash I smash the emergency glass and release a 1998 VCR with all proper adapters. And connect that to my large telly. The next step is I go to the next glass box and smash it open. And Richard Simmons, grooving to the oldies, number three pops out. VHS. <laughs> and myself, my wife and the cat start exercising hard. So we've got holding on for a hero playing in the background. We're sweating hard because the idea is eventually we know the ape's going to win. But the venture's going to start zoos. And if we can get ourselves into peak physical condition by the time the zoos come round, we'll be the uh, human exhibit. That's man. It's a heavy, it's a heavy workout-based program. To Richard Simmons, grooving to the oldies, number three. <laughs> Straight up. And uh, are, are, keep... are you going to get the uh, the same kind of clothing? That's the idea. Short, I mean, we already have that ready to go. That's in that's in the next uh, in the up. next in the next break, uh, emergency break class. You know, there's a little uh, little headband for the cat. 
and we're just really just grooving to the oldies so that's the plan great and just lean into it just leaning into it and just saying you know what a zoo isn't a great life but it's a life it's a life and if i can it's a life (laughs) and if i can like and we can uh, chill out in the zoo you know be fed and just keep ourselves in peak physical condition fair play that's the goal that is awesome um, and so you've you've now achieved this goal, and you're you're in this ape ape zoo. Um, but thankfully, yeah, you're uh, you're with your uh, your wife. Sorry, did you say? Yeah, yeah, she's made it. Too. She's Great. she's uh, she's in on this plan. Great, and, excellent. And your cat, of course. And the cat, of course. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Um, and so uh, one after a really kind of long long day of uh, of ape families kind of staring at you through the through the perspex um you you get into a conversation about your lives as they used to be and the first uh cat um subject that comes up is comics oh <laughs> <laughs> thankfully yeah. um, what a coincidence yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, the first question that your your wife asks you is what the, what is the first comic you remember enjoying so the first comic I really remember enjoying was uh, Wallace and Gromit and the Lost Slipper. Now, uh, back in the sort of mid-90s, the Sun used to print Wallace and Gromit comics in the back. Did they really? Um, yeah, they did. And my granddad used to keep the comics. So every time we'd go there on a Sunday, he would have like a week's worth of comics to read through. Wow. And it was, we're talk, you know, like sort of the Garfield-style newspaper strips. We're talking that kind of level. But there's a continuous story running through it all. Huh. And being a child from Bristol and of that sort of age, I'd love to watch, absolutely adored Wallace and Gromit. And the reading in a comic form was just this really lovely, it was just really nice. And then for Christmas, he got me this sort of collected edition of Wallace and Gromit and the Lost Slipper. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. That is awesome, man. Because I didn't, I didn't know that Wallace and Gromit had a comic. Um, so when I saw this answer come through, I was very intrigued. And it, it sounds like quite a story. It's, do you know, and the actual, um, this comic, the uh, collected edition, basically this is the collected edition that was played out over the sun over, I don't know, six months or so. Mm. And basically Wallace loses a slipper. He builds a time machine and goes back through time, finding his descendants. And then a bit like that, it's all the uh, Bill and Ted style of, you know, time travel, but putting things right at the same time. So yeah. it's just great. It's just, and it was something that I remember just really enjoying. And it's kind of, it felt like, so you know when people talk about the Marvel movies they always say how they want people to get into the comics as well Yeah. and for me this was almost like I, I read the I watched the TV series and then this was like the additional stuff on top that I really got into and then left from there really That's but yeah amazing. so this is like the first vivid memory you have of of, uh, of enjoying comics honest yeah I just remember being at my granddad's house on a Sunday yeah looking at the very back of the sun reading these and like reading the weeks worth of comics and then going back over the collection because I used to cut them out and keep them and then going back and looking over all the rest of them and just yeah it's just a lovely memory well yeah what a wonderful memory Um, and so how old were you at this this stage sorry oh god I think I was about seven maybe eight oh wow and then and then obviously you know we've listened to the show before and everyone mentions Abino and of course had the Beano and of course had the Dandy but the Wallace and Gromit comic was really the thing that I just remember really and it was all as a tree, it was just a lovely collected version. And mm. also, I've, I've looked up the artist since, and he now works for Private Eye. He's yeah. one of the cartoon. He's one of the cartoonists on there. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's Tristan Davies. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and oh. Uh, oh, that's awesome, man. And so, um, at this stage in your in your comics career, um, mm-hmm. are you th- are you thinking about m- that you can create comics at this age or? 
I'm uh, apologize. I'm thinking about trying to uh, copy the drawings. I'm just copying the drawings in there and trying to like because yeah. I, I think I enjoyed the especially one of the invention side of it. You know the kind of yeah, the of and really like, creative and yeah, exactly. Like, I think like, cool, isn't it? I mentioned yeah, I mentioned you had you had you had a little one as well, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's just all that like um, as how old is how old are they? Uh, she's two. She's two. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think it's when early you're so, days still. So early days, yeah. I think when you're like six or seven, like that idea of like creation is really comes in strength. So like yeah. enjoyment for Lego comes in and sort of the idea of like something that's mad and it's just yeah. It's just something that really grabbed me, frankly. Really grabbed me. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah. and so at that, that age you're you're just copying um I'm just drawings copying. and things like that. Yeah. Um, do you do you remember the first comic that you remember that you oh, actually created yourself? God. Um I was probably ten or eleven maybe. Right. So it'd been like a few years, and I was just sort of. I think. Um, I, you know, I think it's a bean trying to create a Beano strip. Brilliant. I think. I think it's about the time when um, Den- in the uh, in the deep Beano law, mm-hmm. uh, there's a point where Bean uh, where Dennis gets a little sister. Oh right. I think her name's B. I think. I think it's B. Yeah. And she didn't have a pet in the same way that Dennis had Nasher. So mm. I remember drawing a pet for B, and then trying to create a comic where they met. You know, it's that kind of thing where you sort of like it's pretty cool. The story hasn't filled all in, so you're trying to do your own bits with it. So yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think it's about yeah, ten or eleven, ten or eleven. Oh, and yeah, that's nice man. Yeah, that's so cool. I, w- I wonder if that's still floating about somewhere. I oh god, uh, if it, I, when my parents when I left home, my parents were very much like, if you haven't taken it with you, you probably don't need it. So there's a few. There's some. <laughs> That may have that may have uh, gone somewhere. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a look in the loft. See if I can find it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Uh, uh, and so uh, your wife moves the conversation on to the next question, which is, what's the funniest or the comic that uh, made you laugh out loud the most? So this is said from a place of love, a real place. Of love. It's the Simon and Kirby horror collection, the horror anthology. So it's a collection of all their classic horror comics from the nineteen fifties. And it's that real schlocky horror. Real schlocky horror. And I've got it here in front of me, and I'm just going to, like Jack and Nora, I'm just going to open this up. And let's get some of the titles out there. We've got uh, The Wolf of a Woman's Eye, uh, The Last Seconds of Life. It's just this, and at the time, it was obviously deadly serious. Uh, Dead, Ma- Dead Man's Load, and it's just that real Dead schlocky. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dead Man's Load. Uh, <laughs> it's not about how you think. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, Strange Old Birds. So let me just read out the synopsis of Strange Old Bird. If anyone deserves a chance to live her life again, it's this nice old lady. But whoever thought would be granted to her by the Strange Old Bird. And there's this beautiful Kirby-esque uh, top panel where it's this sort of this old dead crow and this man looking over this dead crow. And it's it just I'm, it's such a joy to read. And I've just got this real soft spot for like schlocky horror. Sure. Um, there's, um, have you ever heard of Haunted Dolls? Haunted dolls, no. Um, there's a, if you ever if you ever got a ten minutes, go onto eBay and search for haunted dolls. Mm-hmm. And the creativity in writing there is just fantastic. And it's the same kind of energy that I got from this book as well. In terms of like, I remember when I was reading first, and I was just laughing in a loving way about like what was considered scary back then. And yeah, that's the comment that's made me laugh out the most, frankly. That is amazing. How did you come across this? This one. I was on. I was listening to the um, Awesome Comics pod, and it, they just had their. Um, I think they just had their Stanley episode, right. and this was reduced in Fear the Planet. 
And I remember looking at it and being like, oh, yeah, okay, it's Kirby. I, mean, I hadn't really read much Kirby, and I just went through it and just loved it. Absolutely adored it. And I just remember sort of sat at home and, like, been reading through it and just laughing at the, in the again, in a loving way, at what was yeah. what it was. So, yeah. That's just, like, kind of like the the really shoddy horror films that you get. Yeah. Out. Was it Trolls 2 is, like, this cult oh. thing where it's, like, absolutely terrible. There are some, it's, um, it's just got such a cult following. There are some fantastic bad films out there. Absolutely, fan- like um, Miami Connection. Not Miami Connection. Sorry, Hotline. Uh, no, it is Miami Connection. Miami Connection is fantastic. It was done by a, a martial arts expert, yeah. who was desperate to make a film. So he, uh, so he basically employed his students as actors, and the film's terrible. But it's about ninjas on motorbikes in San Francisco. Awesome. It's uh, yeah, but that sort of schlocky horror just really, really tickles me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, is it, have you got a favourite story in there? It's oh, it's wolf. It's wolf of the woman's eye, basically. Oh, oh, the wolf. Wolf. This. Well, she. Uh, so two hunters are in the uh, great outback. By the way, this is all short stories. All yeah. the whole thing. Uh, she, two hunters in the great, like frozen north, and they encounter a woman who's just lying in the snow. So they take her in, and all of a sudden she disappears in the night, and there are wolf footprints. For leading out into the snow, and one of them's like, "Well, we've got to shoot her because she's clearly a werewolf," and another one's fallen in love with her. So he say, "No, I can't possibly shoot her. Not, not at all, not at all." And uh, essentially, she just eats them. And that's the, and it's just the title because it reminded me of that. Um, reminds me of the Blackadder episode where it's like, "You've got a woman's eyes." <laughs> and so I kind of say, kind of like energy comes so Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look this up. Um, well, I've, I've looked it up, so I'm going to have to try and get a read of it because it, um, it sounds hilarious. Those um, those anthologies are just if you they're just really good. If you have, if you've never read any Kirby, they're just really solid to read. Frankly, they're really fun. No doubt, they're no really doubt. fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the next question that your wife asks is, what's the saddest or most upsetting comic <sighs> that you've read? So I really like this comic, mm. and it's so it's Follow Me In by Katrina Chapman, right? And there are just there's conversations in there which strike really close to home, mm-hmm. and it's not so the um, it's no great spoiler. The, it's about a woman and her partner going away on holiday to Mexico, and the partner suffers from alcohol problems. And I have I, I've never had a problem with addiction or alcohol, but there's definitely there's some of the conversations they have are just so real and raw. Does that make sense? Like they they. It's, you can feel it's, like it's an actual conversation. Yeah, you really sad. can. You really can. You just feel for her. You just feel she's just in this not very this not great situation, and it just really just really struck home. It just really struck home. And it's I mean the book is lovely. It's got this lovely color palette to it. So I don't have you seen it? Mm. Uh, I have seen it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it, but I have seen it. Yeah. It's got this beautiful. Um, the art style is almost I don't wanna, not like a crayon, but it has got that sort of watercolor pencil look to it nice do you know what I mean and it's just the colors are lovely and the art is fantastic but the conversations are just and there's uh, the conversation is just so gut-wrenching and it just it I just remember obsessing me and then on the other hand then inspiring me to go to Mexico so it's uh oh, yeah okay. yeah there was uh there's a silver lining oh yeah I mean the, the book is fantastic and there's definitely silver lining to it but it is like this peaks and troughs you know Upsetting as well. Uh, um, oh, can, you, can you explain a bit of the plot without, you know, spoiling it too much, sort of? Uh, yes, I can. Sorry, I'm just looking at the back. I've just yeah. But uh, it's probably fair. Essentially, 
No, so, uh, I'm not going to totally read out the back, but Kat and her boyfriend head to Mexico on a on a trip. Uh, as part of it, feels like the trip feels almost like a a last chance or like looking for answers go, by going away. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. such a thing as like a teenager, you always get this idea that going on a trip will provide me with the answer or the piece I need. Right. Um, yeah. so, and it doesn't quite work out. But and that's it. And basically, it's it's part travel guide for Mexico, part story of these two working out where they want to be. Amazing. Basically, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's really cool. Well, but that, that, that's very very true to life. You know, like it doesn't always end in happy endings and things. No, no, not you at know, all. But right. Like I mean, the point is that you still grow as a person. Oh, yeah, and that doesn't it. end up in a happy. And you know, that's a really good point. There's so much growth in this book for yeah. Katrina. Yeah. And it's always it's interesting to see like her grow while her partner just doesn't at all and keeps making the same mistakes. Right. And I think that's the, maybe that really resonates with the kind of the still making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like even though you know something is, you know, I I, I don't need that. You know, I didn't I didn't need that mice bar, but I still made that same mistake. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's I'm that saying. it's that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, that's the thing. I think that's really caught me. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a really good, well, well worth checking out. Awesome. Cool. Um, and so the next question that your wife asks um, is, what's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big wimp. I'm a massive wimp. <laughs> and that's kind of why I enjoy, like, schlocky horror. Uh, because it, I can get... So, for example, I've looked at Trailers for Midsummer, and it still can... I can't quite bring myself to watch it, even though I know it looks really good. Right. Uh, so sorry, and this is a lot of preamble. Preamble. Uh, it's Nemesis Warlock from 2018. Yeah. Uh, and uh, about the age where I made that uh, Dennis Menace comic, so probably a few years after that. Sorry, uh, I picked up a 2018 comic because I remember Judge Dredd looking cool. You know, he looked like a he looked like a Warhammer model. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like he looks yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, it's you know it's it's catnip for for a 12 year old. Oh yeah, now. definitely, definitely. <laughs> like, uh, but, awesome. <laughs> but it was too much. I couldn't. I was not that twelve-year-old boy. I was. It was. It just unsettled me, and it just. It honestly put me off. Two thousand. It did put me. It put me off. Two thousand eighteen for a long time, and then like in the last few years or so, I went back and reread them, and they're fantastic. But they are like. There's something very unsettling about two thousand eighteen, especially Nemesis, where you feel it's like an uncle that you don't quite get the humor of. Mm-hmm. It's like it's uns- It's just always off ste- off stepping. Like it doesn't quite sit and, it, and it's, that's something I kind of enjoy that now but at the time it was too much so I still have this memory of like and I have I've got a copy of Nemesis now and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking yeah it's something I really like and been really really recent it's fantastic just brilliant comic like Pat Mills's writing is fantastic the inks are beautiful but it's still just something it's it's off and I kind of in, I'm enjoying that but it is definitely the scariest or mm. most horrific co- yeah comic I've read time that really kind of like you know, left a scar in you. Yeah, it did, it did. But then I'm I'm going back and I'm picking at it now, which is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. But yeah, no, it definitely left a mark. But it's in a good way, in a great way, frankly. Yeah, definitely. And that kind of raises a good, uh, an interesting question, I guess. Is you know, we should be kind of wary of kids having certain. Um, literature, <laughs> yes, <laughs> because yeah. it can well not potentially be you know terribly damaging, but obviously it can leave a leave a bad taste in the mouth, um, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I don't know. What do you think of stuff like that? Oh God, um, we. Well, yeah, I think you're you're 
you're right. But I think it's there's an element of it's good for kids to be scared sometimes as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's definitely strong memories of. Uh, like I have very strong memories of, ne- of Nemesis from reading it, mm. and that's kind of a good. I'm pleased I've got those. Yeah. But I think there is also elements of like you've got to you've got to get the right kind of level, you know. Yes, and so there's always a good balance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, for example, there's a um, there's a book by Henry Still called Pampion, which is a fantastic right. book about Egyptian mi- mythology. Mm-hmm. And if you look to the title, you'd be like, "Oh, this is great!" You know, my 13 year old's really into myths because kids generally do at that time. Mm. But it's definitely not suitable for 13 year olds, right? Because it focuses on Egyptian myth as they are told by Egyptians, which means there's a lot of other stuff in there that shouldn't, you know, it's not suitable for children. Yeah, basically. And that's, yeah, basically. Yeah, and you know, for example, I I, I was always a martial arts kid. Yeah. So something like Lone Wolf and Cub would have been fantastic, but when I, you know, it's just trying to find the right kind of level where like the kids are being challenged but not pushed to a yeah, to a point. It's a really dark place. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's like, always yeah, really crazy mm-hmm. stuff happens. <laughs> mm. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Definitely. Do Do you feel like uh, Nemesis the Warlock hit hit that right tone for you at the time or do you think it was too much it was just a little bit too much I think if it had been right. another year I would have been all over it yeah but I think it, I was just a little bit too young and that's and again no problem with that at all I just no it's of a comic and I thought oh yeah okay this is in the comic section of Smith's great mm-hmm. I'll pick it up and it just didn't work for me at the time mm-hmm. and that's okay that's absolutely fine it's just it didn't but looking back at looking back now and I'm again rereading it recently it's brilliant. It's fantastic. I really like it and I really like what they do with the storytelling and like there's some fantastic, fantastic ideas in there. But it is definitely ups- uh, not upsetting, uh, off-putting. Like it's always, yeah. do you know what I mean? There's always a step, you're always taking a step, taking a misstep with it. So, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, yeah. Um, and just to kind of like give the listeners uh, a bit of an idea, uh, what's kind of the, 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 the story with Nemesis the Warlock? Oh, flipping Nora. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, okay. So uh, it's a, it's like a dystopian future where it's kind of got real touches of 1984 where the state is in charge of everything. And we follow the, I'm going to mispronounce the name because I've only ever read it, Torquemedia. Uh, right. Have you read? I, I don't know. Sorry. I'm, no. I'm messing this up. Uh, basically. Uh, there's Nemesis is part of the leader of the resistance who's trying to fight against this oppressive power. Right. Uh, and it's got that very much uh, heavy 2080 dystopian future vibe to it. Um, yeah. I'm going to do a terrible, I'm doing a terrible job describing it. If, if basically it's well worth checking out and it's well worth reading. And you can also pick up the collected versions for like next to nothing, frankly. Yeah, yeah. And it'll also look nice on the shelf. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, for example, uh, talk media, the uh, villain of the pieces motto is, be pure, be vigilant, be vigilant, behave. Right. And it's a real kind of strong, like that's what sets up the whole tone for the book in terms of this heavy 1984 style. Yeah. So it's, it's horrible, frankly, but yeah, it's about how they rebel against it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of the, the story, the, the yeah, rebellion yeah. against the uh, 1984 I, society that's been created. God. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. So I was terrible, man. I couldn't, <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Well, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know, um, you read comics and things like that, but it's not all that often that we kind of get to yeah, fully yeah. verbalise um, having read something and kind of trying to summarise something. I mean, um, it, it can be very, very difficult. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a 
it's a it's a sprawling tale, should we say? It goes on for it goes on for a while, and it's there's a lot of yeah, twists how, and turns. How long is it? The, uh, so there are, are ten uh, there are ten books collected mm-hmm. into three different volumes. So volume one is one to right. four, which I've got in front of me, mm-hmm. and that is oh god, I'd say about five hundred pages roughly. Right. It's a wow. it's a heavy tome. It's a heavy tome. Yeah. Nice. So there's a lot. There's a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's always good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I didn't need more to read. I didn't. I wasn't sure what things to read, man. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. There's loads of it, which is yeah, it's fantastic, frankly. Cool. Um, and so the next question uh, that pops up is uh, is is what's the most meaningful comic to you? So the most meaningful comic to me is uh, the Metabounds by Jarabowski and drawn by uh, Gimez and. Um, I'll preface this by saying that there's been some things in the news about uh, Jarowski, which I don't really want to go into, but he's a knob, basically. Sorry. Right. Uh, but he is, he is. <laughs> he, he is, he is, frankly. But he did produce, so he wants to make a Dune film back in the 80s, 70s, 80s. Right. And it was going to be this massive, massive project. It was going to have like uh, Pink Floyd doing the music, Salvador Dali was going to be, um, he was going to be the Baron. Uh, and doing the costume design, uh, his son was going to play Paul, and he poured all these ideas into it. And there's actually a really interesting documentary about the making of this film. Hmm. They never quite made it, and it's about five million short. And he didn't obviously he didn't get the funding for it. So he poured all the ideas into this uh, comic s- series called The Mess Barons, hmm. and it's just fantastic. It's just real high sci- sci-fi, which goes off the walls, absolutely off the walls. And the art by Gomez is fantastic. Like you open up every page. And it's just a real treat for the eyes there, frankly. And, and the reason it's meaningful for me is because I um, I remember I mentioned this to my wife you know, very loosely. And uh, she just picks it off me. And it's just a complete surprise on her birthday. And it's just lovely. It's just lovely that something that I'd mentioned in passing once nice. was, you know, yeah, it's just lovely. And it's just such a nice, such a nice tone to have, frankly. Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously having that connection. With, oh. your, with your wife, that's nice. Oh, definitely, yeah, 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 exactly. It makes such a difference, frankly. And like every page you open it up to is just a joy for the eyes, frankly. He's got a real um, painterly style to it. It looks like almost it looks like slain. It's that kind of. It's wow. just it's just fantastic, and yeah, it's just nice to sort of show people and be like, hey, look at this. This is what comic art can be like. Yeah, and if they haven't just, seen anything. Oh yeah, exactly. Superman or whatever. Well, it's it's just different, and it's just it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It, it all of it looks like um, you know, like a seventies book cover, a seventies sci-fi book cover. Okay. Everything looks like it's like it could be a seventies sci-fi book cover. Yeah. Did when did this come out? Sorry. Uh, oh, it's been cl- the it's been coming out. I think I'm just going to check the front. Uh, the collector's version came out in 2014, so it's been coming out like okay. yeah. I think it's been like over 10 years or so. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's basically a um, story. Basically, focuses on this race, on this uh, race of warriors called the Mesobarons, which mm. are um, not chronological. They are generational. So they will, you know, every generation the new Mesobaron takes over, and he's always maimed by his father, and he always kills his father as well. And it just follows the story of this race, this um, this race of warriors from the first Mesobaron all the way through to the most current one. Who, which then links into Jurassic's other comic, The Inkle, who was a throwaway character in that. And that's where he came up. So, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. cool. It's this um, real 
giant space opera, frankly. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm going to have to check this out. It's, um, yeah. Because, yeah, another one I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm pleased, uh, pleased to be able to, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, this one hasn't come up before. Um, so that's uh, that's really interesting. And, uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of it before. Um, and it being sci-fi, very, very, very uh, interested in, in that. So I'll definitely check that out for it's, sure. Oh, yeah, please do. It's uh, it's produced by, it's uh, published by Humanoids, and uh, yeah, it's just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's cool, man. Cool. It's a well, it's a well poured copy. Yeah. Um, and then so uh, your wife asks the next question, uh, which is, what's the most underrated comic? So I kind of feel that um, some people who we both know reasonably well would uh, disagree with me on this, but I think it's the original Masters of Kung Fu run, right? And, uh, underrated is a weird question when you think about it because obviously yeah. it, it's underrated to the people who you talk to. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, there's obviously some parts who to you will feel and again, I'm thinking about Tony here, who who loves Master mm-hmm. Yeah, and he recommended it to me, and it's just such a fantastic, fantastic run. But it's just not that commonly read, right. and it's also the people who like martial arts fans who just haven't read it. And yeah, it's just brilliant. It's just really good. It's the emotion they get through in the um, in the comic. It just it flows so nicely. And like even if you read on guided view, you get different experience altogether. Oh, where right. where like the panels flow together lovely, and the story's really well done. And yeah, it's just great. It's just lovely. So yeah, and that's that's, uh, the, that's the original run. Yeah, the original run. Uh, like one to a hundred, you can get on Comicsology really easily, and it's just lovely. Really, it's a, the art is fantastic. Are there any standout moments for you? I think there's the the issue that um, always gets uh, talked about where he walks away from the life. And I'm just seeing if I'm just see what the final issue number is. Confu, let's just see. It is. It's the one with the uh, cover, which looks like yeah. There you go. Seventy one. Right. And it looks uh, the cover is this fantastic yin yang symbol where it's all falling away and he basically just walks away from the light and it's just uh yeah it's fantastic it's just a really solid issue where this you know martial arts master just steps away from the life because of he's yeah because of what's gone on it's beautiful it's well worth checking out well worth checking out and i just remember really tony recommend this is nice because like tony recommended it to me and it's just, a, just nice to go through it and enjoy it and you know have that connection from there so yeah nice man nice because what's what's the origin of the master of kung fu from what's the Oh god, I believe uh, that Marvel wanted to create their own version of Bruce Lee. Okay, yeah, yeah. Basically, Bruce Bruce Lee was big. Uh, it was during the seventies where kung fu was a real moneymaker. Uh, yeah, just like right. Let's let's cash in. There's also the uh, <laughs> make there's a good all, character of it. Pretty much, yeah. There's also the DC version, uh, Richard Dragon. Right. Who? Uh, yeah. Who's? He's kind of more like the Ken Ken style character, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, it's a great series. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to try and check that out at some point yeah, yeah. as well. Awesome. Um, and so we come to one of the most difficult questions that your wife asks, and that's for for you. Uh, what is the best comic of all time? Uh, for me, it's Yusaku Yojimbo. Um, excuse me a second, the cat's just jumped up near the mic. It's all good. Dang it, dude. Yeah, Yusaku Yojimbo. Um, so I've always had a soft spot for anthropomorphized characters. So, right. so uh, I used to really enjoy the Red Wall series when I was uh, younger. And Yusagi Yumbo, and also just uh, Yusagi Yumbo as well, it just has such a, 
it's got loads of things I just really enjoy in one place. So it's got uh, anthropomorphized uh, characters. It's got a martial arts element to it. Uh, there's a strong... Um, the art style is fantastically simple. And it's, it's just one of those things that's deceptively simple for, like, you know, if you're learning or you're still trying to pick things up where you can kind of like go through it and be like oh actually yeah maybe i could do this and he does he does so much with so little and yeah i just there's so much about the comic that i love absolutely adore where he will he'll tell these really deep personal stories and the comic looks like a children's draw like not like a child's drawing but like a like a children's book right and that's really it that's really the thing that i yeah just a real kick out of it frankly so yeah nice because uh, what's the uh, what's kind of the plot of the story? A so it focuses on a masterless uh, samurai called Yusagi, who's a uh, samurai rabbit uh, with his hair with his ears tied back in a top knot, hmm. and he basically just goes around and either is either hired or sorts out problems and goes from there. Really, and there's also a uh, turtles link as well. So there's links into the teenage mutant ninja turtles. So really? they've crossed over. They've crossed over quite a few times, actually. Um, and yeah, it's that's kind of it. It's just a, you know, you can buy the collected version reasonably cheap, and it's just lovely, frankly. There's uh, issue eight, I think it's called the, A Mother's Love. Right. And it just focuses on this uh, money lender. So you saw he comes into an unnamed Japanese town, and this money lender has been terrorizing the uh, village. And the mother... Oh, get off the keyboard, Beans. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... The um, the mother is uh, she asks Yusaki to kill him, and he refuses because it's dishonourable and you you know you shouldn't commit you shouldn't do it. But he but she does, and he just has to live with live with that. And it's just it's such a such a not weird story, but such a um, such a sorry. The cat's crawling around the microphone. I'm really sorry to keep going on about it. He just he's he's all of a sudden he's like oh yeah hello you've um, so it's just such a well-told story, and yeah, I just, I just love it. Absolutely love it. And the art again, the art is fantastic, and it's just it's got this real lovely sense of progression about it. So yeah, right. I think that's and, gone. And so um, with the story, is it kind of really uh, adventure per issue, or is there like an overarching <sighs> story with this? It does. It does the thing that we all kind of want to achieve. It does both. Amazing. So you can pick up an Impressive. issue. I know. Stan is Stan. I think so frustrated when somebody's able. It's to do that. Hate it. It's horrible. It's like, wow. How did you do that? So he, it does. And it does the monster of the week ish. You know, each individual. Right. Yeah. Each individual stands alone, but then there is an ongoing story going through it. Great. And he does. He weaves in there so well, and I I hate the hate him for it, but he does such a good job on it. So yeah. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it is it completed or is it ongoing? Or? It's still ongoing. It's actually just been re-released. Right. IDW is still is starting to publish it as well. So it was originally published by Dark Horse, right. and you can pick up uh, like a lovely collected version of one to volumes one to eight, which is like over a thousand pages of comic right. from from Dark Horse. But IDW, mm. I think it was this week or last week, released um, yeah, released uh, issue uh, a new issue one. It's always been in black and white, and it's just yeah. lovely. It's absolutely lovely. Nice. Do you, know, do you know how many issues there have been to date? Ooh, good. Uh, no, I know there's been eight volumes. And right. hold on. Uh, issues of doing some typing. Uh, there have been thirty-eight regular issues. Right. 
And uh, yeah, first number of issues, hundred sorry, hundred number of issues, hundred and sixty one. Hundred and sixty one. Uh, two hundred nineteen overall as of December twenty sixteen. Oh, okay. All wow. done by start, by one man, art, written yeah, by and artist. One guy. Yep. incredible, isn't it? I know it's mad. It's absolutely mad, isn't it? Yep. And um, yeah, I think there's also just something like I enjoy drawing the character as well. Mm. And like you can be pretty poor at drawing and still put in a reasonable representation of him, <laughs> which is yeah, nice. It's just nice to uh, you know, yeah. Nice to be able to do. Exactly. It? Yeah, and I came to it reasonably. I, I was not a kid when I came to this. I was about eighteen, twenty. So, yeah, so, and it just really grabbed me. Really grabbed me. Nice, man. It's great when you make that connection with the series. It's it's beautiful. It's great, Mm. frankly. And it's just something that I kind of, I go back to periodically and reread and just have a great time with it, frankly. Nice. So, yeah. Cool, man. And so we come on to our last question in regards to comics. And that is, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? So we're assuming like the gorilla zookeepers have found mustache and they are uh, yes they're taking all of them is that the idea they have but they're going to give you one they're going to give you one I'll ask it of them yes uh, well I'm going to I'm going to take Usagi uh, Yumo because well how could I not frankly it's just such a great such a great book and I just every time I reread it reread it every couple of years and every time I reread it I find something I knew I enjoy and there's a lot of it which is always helpful fantastic yeah yeah having. Lots to read as a, as a distraction whilst you're, you're cooped up. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there's only, so many, human time, zoo. There's only so many times you can listen to, uh, you can watch Rich Simmons Dance into the Oldies, number three. Yeah, exactly. Before uh, you that's just. That's you mad. Uh, just slightly, yeah, by this point, yeah. Probably is. <laughs> there's a bit of variety with uh, Yusagi Yojimbo. It's good, yeah. Very much welcome. Exactly, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and so we come on to our final question, and that is uh, with the fact that you're uh, cooped up in a super intelligent ape uh, uprising zoo um, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse? I would like to take uh, Rich Simmons, Dancing's Oldies, Volume 4 uh, take it to the max. There you go. <laughs> take it. Is that what it's called? I don't think so. I've just I, there is a volume four. I've just it wouldn't surprise me though. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I just think that after uh, you know maybe the eighteen months of volume three, we could really do some new exercises. And uh, Rich Simmons has got is where it's at, frankly. Straight up, it's going like, <laughs> to definitely get you ripped. That's the plan. That's the plan. You got to you know you got to keep it up because there's as soon as people get an idea, this is the way to uh, survive the apocalypse. You know. Those uh, those VHS gonna gonna be be hard to have. yeah they're gonna they're gonna be hard to come by so uh, yeah that, that's what that's okay <laughs> that is fantastic Tom so happy to provide um, your uh, your complete collection of Usagi oh. Jimbo and uh, and your uh, volume four of uh, Richard Simmons's um, <laughs> workout videos as well. I'm pleased. I'm ple- thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and thank you so much for sharing your, your comics for the apocalypse. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Ah, absolute pleasure. Um, and just for the listeners one more time, uh, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, this chocolate on Twitter. Excellent. Um, yeah. And anywhere else at all? Uh, no, no, that'll do for the moment. Um, yeah, I've got a few defunct websites, but let's just stick with the Twitter. Twitter's a good enough place as any. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, everything else and all that jazz. Um, exactly. And then, uh, apart from the uh, the pixel web comic that you've got coming up, um, do you have any other projects going on? Or? Uh, I'm doing a so I've just finished a uh, collaboration piece with collaboration comic with uh, Tony, 
and mm-hmm. I'm doing a few bits. I'm doing a little bit bit for uh, Dan Butcher as well. Oh, brilliant! And I mean, inevitably, the literary comic anthology will come round, and I'll probably end up trying to do something for that again. So yeah, just uh, trying to keep my hands in something different things, you know. Nice. And then, do you have any cons coming up at all? Oh, I'm going to be heading. I'm going to uh, not to spend table lately, but I'll be heading to Bam in a few weeks. I don't know when this is coming out. Maybe Bam's already passed. Maybe Bam of the future. I'll be. I'll be. Right I'll, I'll be, at, I'll be at Bam of the Future. Yeah, Bam, Bam of the Future. Bam of the Future, yeah. Bam December. Let's go for that one. That's safe. Excellent, excellent. Um, and then no, no others you got planned? No, no, not the moment. Not the moment. But um, we'll see how it goes. See how far I can travel up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Uh, well, thanks again for your time today, Tom. It's no been a real pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope to, to, to meet you in person yeah. soon. Are you at uh, True Believers? I will be next year. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I will see you there. I'll I've see you there. I've got my table and I'm ready to uh, work. Good. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Will that be with Milford Green too? Oh, great. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you there. Cool. Too. See you there, man. See you there. Great. Thanks again. No risk still. No risk still. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Tom for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. I had an absolute blast, mate. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Tom's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.